so this morning um, I got several different directions that that I feel I want to go and what I feel in my heart, you know. And but I just want to be obedient to just to just you know we don't ever want to get to a point where we feel like we're rushing the Spirit of the Lord or we're rushing what what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And and my heart is just <clears throat> my heart. I feel right now in my heart like I just feel the love of the Father. I really do. I just feel the love of the Lord this morning. And all week I've been been simmering on this word and I've been asking the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to how do you want me to release this word? How do you want me to share this word? Because sometimes when you share this kind of a word, sometimes people can get a little bit bothered by it. You know, and 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 I want y'all to hear my heart when I say this, you know, and I think for the most part people know us and for those that are watching online, I want to welcome you and um, if this is your first time watching, you know, God bless you. We're so thankful that you're here with us this morning. But the message this morning is called Out of the Caves, the Rising Church. Out of the Caves, the Rising Church. You know, and I want to share something that I, that I saw this past week. Because <clears throat> you know the Lord's always talking, right? He's always talking to us in everything, whether it's through a sign, whether that he's always speaking to us some way. <clears throat> and I was remembering a word that the Lord gave me several years back. And he, when he gave me that word, it was about another word that I had, re- I was, I had received. And the word was this. He says, <clears throat> the words of the past were relevant today. The words of the past, the prophetic words of the past were not relevant today. And I didn't really understand what that meant. But then it was even like he said, even the even the words of destiny over your lives are now relevant today. And what happened was the reason why we didn't see certain things come to pass, <clears throat> excuse me, in that season was because there wasn't a spiritual maturity for those words to rest upon. So because there wasn't a level of maturity for a spiritual maturity, it's like the Lord was not able to allow those things to manifest in our life. But it didn't mean that they weren't true. But this morning, the Lord reminded me of something. And he said, do you remember the words of the past are relevant today? And there was something about, uh, we did a huge conference with with some amazing generals and and I remember the name of the conference was called The Open Door. That was the name of the conference. Just hundreds of people came from all over the world to be a part of this gathering called The Open Door. <clears throat> and the Lord reminded me of this. And this is what the Lord said. He says, I am restoring and I am rescinding. He is restoring the stolen promises and the, these promises were not just promises, but they were regional promises. Thank you so much. They were regional promises, and they were corporate promises. He began to show me the double doors again. Like I, I was sitting over there, and I began to see the double doors. I'm like, Lord, the double doors. And you've got to understand, for me, it's really... This is really significant for me. And I'm speaking to you from my heart when I say this. 
See, our ministry, when we came to Ohio, the Lord moved us from everything that we knew how to, that what we were doing at that time to come to Ohio. <clears throat> not knowing what it was going to look like, not knowing what we were going to be doing, not knowing anything, but it was off of a promise that the Lord had spoken over us. And it was the Isaiah 22, 22. And you have heard me talk about this a lot. But in that Isaiah 22, 22, it talks about, and I will give you the key to the house of David, and I will open the door. There's that open door. I will open the door that no man can shut, and I will shut the doors that no man can open. So the Lord began to show me, remind me about the open door and the 222. And then he said, there's a double blessing. And I remember the word. He says, there's a double blessing. There's a double favor, a double glory, a double honor. It was a double-double. Shaka-bam. Like double-double. So I'm like, Lord, okay, what, what is it? And then he says, the words of the past are relevant today. And this is what the Lord said. He says, I'm restoring lost dreams. I'm rekindling the love for the Father. You see, because sometimes we get to a place where we do things out of just going with the flow that we lose our first love. We lose our first love. He says, I'm rekindling the love for the Father. I'm restoring the promises. I'm bringing back kingdom relationships that the enemy stole. Come on. I'll take that one, God. I'll take that one. Because, see, the enemy had no authority. So now the Lord's reminding me of the double-double. So me and my wife, last week we went we had something to eat. We went to a place to go because we were excited because you can actually go and sit in a restaurant. And uh, we sit down and they give us a paper menu. And on the paper menu it said, two for 22. See, it's at two, two, two. And I'm not that real big numbers guy, but listen, when the God speaks, when the Lord begins to speak, we have to have an ear to hear. Right. So it's like two for 22. And then my wife looks, and there's a big old sticker that's on our table. And it says, You're, we're at table 22. So we were getting two for 22, and we're sitting at table 22. The Lord is wanting for us to eat of the promises. He is seating us exactly where he wants us to be in this season. The 22-22. And the Lord began to speak to me. See, last week, no, uh, a couple weeks ago, Alice shared a message about full circle. That we have come full circle. And what does a full circle look like? And I'm going to tell you what. We have come full circle. Even in the words, even in the promises, even in our walk with the Lord, Things that we missed, opportunities that we missed in the past, the Lord is now representing those things to us. You see, God, you don't lose your promises. You don't lose the blessings of God. But sometimes we, we miss the opportunity to receive what the Lord is wanting to put in our hands. So because of that, the Lord is representing these opportunities. So... 
We're two for 22. I'm like, two, two, two. Okay, God, that's the double-double. That's the Isaiah 22, 22. I received that. So then me and Alice are sitting there. We're talking. And she said, well, let me. We're going through the numbers of the food pantry on so many kids that got fed that week or whatever. Well, we had 22 kids. And then she said, well, and then we had 22 seniors. And then we had 22, I don't know what it was, adults or families, 22 families. So it was 22, 22, 22. And then the end was, totaling up was like 444. The four is the open door. You see, so I'm speaking prophetically when I say this, that the Lord is releasing the double blessings and the double favor for the open door this season. We have come full circle. And I'm telling you what, what the enemy stole, whether it's in the promises, whether it was in broken, broken relationships, kingdom ministries, whatever that looks like, the Lord is wanting to release that. Lord, I receive that, God. Lord, re re restore, God. See, somebody has to be willing to cry, restore. Listen, we have to cry, restore, God. Restore, God. Restore our nation, Lord. Restore, God. The double blessings. The double glory. Thank you, Father. Hmm. So, that's not my message. But this morning, I'm calling our message, Out of the Cave, the Rising Church. And I'm going to ask the Lord just to guide me on this, and we're going to go for a little journey on, on, uh, on this because we're going to be out of the book of Revelations. Jesus and the lukewarm church. Shaka bam. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. The book of Revelations opens with the seven letters, and each of the seven letters is addressed to the different churches in Asia, one of which is to the Christians who live in a city called Laodicea. Laodicea, come on. This is where we see John recounting the letters from Jesus about the lukewarm church. And it, and. Right there where you're sitting, just I just want you to ponder the thought. I don't want you to speak it out. But what does that look like to you? When you hear the word lukewarm, because I, listen, I remember growing up in church and being a, a, a young youth in church, and I was terrified. I was terrified of going to hell. I'm just going to be honest, because everything that I did was... You better do this or you're going to go to hell. You better do that or you're going to go to hell. It's like turn or burn. That's it. Turn or burn. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't agree with that. Because this is, this is what I feel. And I, and, and I want you all to hear my heart when I say this. I want you all to hear my heart. We're going to start on uh, John 3. I'm sorry, uh, Revelations 3. 
We're going to start on verse 14. He says, Write this letter to the angel of the church of Laodicea. This is the message from one who is, from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. Verse 15. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. Verse 16 says, But since you were like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. It's not. So listen, that part right there which says that I would spit you out, out of my mouth. It literally means that we're like vomit in the mouth of the Lord when we are lukewarm. I'm not that guy. Listen, I'm not that guy. And I want everybody to hear my heart. I'm not that guy that goes around and, you know, and I know there's a biblical truth and, and, and that if we don't get our life right with the Lord, that there is going to be a time of judgment and we will, we will have to reap what we sow and there's going to come a time of judgment. And I, I totally 100% believe in that. But I also believe that the love of God is what leads us to repentance. Not a man with a bullhorn shouting, turn or burn. See, the love of God is what will lead us to repentance because that's what happened to me. So it says that, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And then verse 17 says, you say I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to go buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me. So you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and your ointment for your eyes. So you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. Listen, this is important. Because this is where we, we run into some, some gray areas. See, we, we have... Those that'll say, God is an angry God and he's waiting for you to make a mistake and he's waiting to punish you. And, 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 and that we, 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 we begin to move in a fear of God that's not even healthy. Listen, I, I have a fear of the Lord, not because I'm fearful that he's going to hurt me. But I have a fear of the Lord because of who he is. He's all struck wonder. He's glorious. And, and, and I, I'm so in love with him. Listen, that I, there's a reverence that I have for the Father. But I'm not afraid of him in a way that he's going to beat me, beat me to death. But unfortunately, there's people that minister and they believe that this is the God that we serve. And, and just like a good father. Just like me it, towards my children and you towards your children. It says, I correct and discipline everyone I love. If I see my children doing crazy, dumb things, I'm like, son, you're doing it the wrong way. And if he doesn't listen to me, son, 
you're doing it the wrong way. And there may be times that it had to be a little bit louder. Son, you're not doing it the right way. Stop it. But it's not because I'm angry in the point. Of, it's because I love him so much that I don't want to see him get hurt. That's the love of the Father, and that's why he corrects those that he loves. He corrects those that he loves. Even those that are in the, in the, in the deepest, in the darkest pit, living in sin, he corrects them because he loves them. And that's how we're supposed to be as brothers and sisters, that when we go and we minister the gospel to the people that we don't come a place from, you better stop what you're doing or you're going to burn in hell. Now listen, is that true? It is true. It is very true. And there may be times that maybe that's required. I don't know. But I can only speak from my experience. And my experience is this. It was his love that led me to encounter the Father's heart. That I realized there is a God who loved me so much. Listen, y'all don't, for those that know my testament, I was involved in gangs and narcotics. I would sell kilos and kilos of cocaine. Listen, I, I know that life. I know what it looks like to be shot by an AK-47, to live a life on the streets. I know what that looks like. And that's why. If somebody would have come to me with a bullhorn saying, oh, you're going to do I would get out of my face. Get out of my face with that. And I probably would have destroyed them. But the love of God transforms everything. It transforms. So he says in verse 19, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent. And turn from your indifference. Verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And I will share a meal together as friends. 21 says, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. Just as I am victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with the ears to hear must listen. Must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. See, we are the victorious ones. We are the victorious ones. That means that we, there is an invitation for us to sit in the throne room of heaven. First uh, John 5, 4 says this, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. Listen, our faith in God gives us our victory. It gives us our victory, our faith in God. Come on, Lord, give us the double-double faith. <laughs> I want the double-double victory. <laughs> hey. So, so Jesus, <laughs> Jesus will talk to you where you're at. See, when, when the Lord came and spoke to me, even how he speaks to me, whether it's prophetically, whether it's in a dream, he always speaks to me in a way that I'll understand. I can understand gangster language. I can understand. 
but there's stuff that I probably won't understand. I won't, I don't know. <laughs> but there's things that I probably won't understand. I mean, I have friends that, that the Lord speaks to them crazy, prophetically. I mean, crazy, crazy, crazy. And if you hear the, 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 the things that they say, I'm like, how did you even get that from that? But the Lord speaks to us where we're at. And this is what he was doing to the church of Laodicea. He was speaking to the people where they were at, giving them a language that they could understand. When he's talking about being hot or cold or being lukewarm, it's because they understand what it looked like to have hot water and to have cold water, and they understand what it was to have warm, lukewarm water. Historians tell us this, that the city of Laodicea which is now by the Turkish city called Denzil. They received their hot water from about five miles away. So in Laodicea, they received their water from about five miles. And what they did is they, they created these wooden pipes, wood pipes, and they ran these pipes five miles down through the city. The water came through the pipes, and they used a system that was pioneered by the Romans. The heat did not have a place where it was localized. They didn't have a place where, you know, we can turn on, we have a hot water heater, and we can turn on, it's hot. No. It didn't have a place where it was hot, but it came out hot. Um, maybe it was a hot spring, maybe, I don't know. But it came hot, and the water would run down. It started hot, but after five miles in a wooden pipe, very little heat would remain. So the water was either hot or it was cold. And if you think about this, even in the natural, if you're outside, you're, you're cutting the lawn, you're working on, on your cars or whatever. You're outside and you don't, it doesn't get that hot in Ohio. Well, it does, but it doesn't. <laughs> I'm from Texas, so I, I, it is hot, but it's not really hot. But m my blood is, I guess I'm becoming an Ohioan. So now at 85, like, oh, God, it's hot. <laughs> but it was like 115, 120 in Texas. Then it's like, oh, it's warm. <laughs> but. But if you think if you're outside and you're, you're in the hot of a day, man, you get a cup of cold water. And what happens to your body? You're refreshed. Like, man, that felt good. Let me have another cold water. You know? If, 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 you're, uh, if you have a back pain, you know, if your body's sore, what do you do? You, get, you can get a hot hot bottles of water you can sit in a hot tub and it brings a soothing to your back and it helps your body heal the hot water come on my wife loves to be in the, the hot tub she's like oh this feels so good to my back something about the hot water it brings healing and the cold water brings refreshing <laughs> but have you ever left a bottle of water in the truck or in the car when you're thirsty and you're like, man, I'm so thirsty. And you like open the water and like drink it. And you're like, oh, tastes disgusting. 
It tastes like melted water because the bottle. It's warm. It doesn't even, it's not refreshing. It's like you almost want to spit it out. That's a picture. That's a picture of what was happening. See, this concept of lukewarm water wasn't just something random that Jesus was talking about. He was making it a point because it was something that they did on their daily routine, the Laodiceans. Basically, what happens when the water becomes lukewarm, it becomes useless. It becomes useless. Um, there was a scholar, I was reading up, and there was a scholar by the name of Thomas Schreiner. And this is what he said. Um, he said, the Laodicean church works nor neither hot nor cold nor lukewarm. Or lukewarm. It has often been pointed out that both hot and cold are good. That's what I'm saying, because cold water is good, hot water is good. But lukewarm water, it just, it's not refreshing at all. Holy Ghost. So then <clears throat> we think about this. You, you, you hear Jesus talking about, I will spit you out, because he's talking to the church. He's talking to the people. He's giving them this, this metaphor, whatever. And I believe it talks about, it's referring to being one foot in and being one foot out. But it's also talking about a belief system and how we function and, and how we believe. Because you see, this is the same Jesus that's telling little children to come, right? He says, come all those who are emotionally weary, those who are spiritually tired, come and I'll give you rest. But then he says, but I'm also about to spit you out. See, they kind of, what does a lukewarm, lukewarm church look like? Jesus, what does a lukewarm church look like? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'll tell you what, becoming hot, when you're on fire for the things of the Lord, everywhere you go, you become a spark. We become a spark, and you become contagious. Have you ever been, have you ever been camping and you want to light a fire, but you don't have a match. It's probably one of the worst things that could happen. <laughs> Unless you're some kind of person that knows how to do it. And, and I know like Tad, he probably would like, don't worry, I got it. <laughs> Tad's my Mr. Gadget. He got it. But for most part, for me, it's like if I don't have a match or if I don't have a lighter, I'm out of luck. <laughs> because... <laughs> But you know that when you're a hot, when you're on fire for the Lord, when you when you're that, you become a spark, and everywhere you go, you begin to ignite flames around you. That's why you become contagious. We are a container of His glory, waiting to explode. And I walk by, and I set somebody ablaze for the glory of God. Why? Because there's something about about living in the hot. There's something about living in the hot. I want to be that. That's what I want to live in. Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. So the question, the critical question for the church today is this. Would Jesus use the word lukewarm to describe our church? I'm not talking this house. I'm talking the church. We are the church. Would Jesus use the word lukewarm to describe the church? The other question is this. Would Jesus use the word lukewarm to describe you? To describe me? We should take it personal because it's serious. Would, would he use that to describe us? So what does the lukewarm believer look like? What, is it, what does that look like? I asked the Lord, what does that look like, Lord? And this is what, what I've gathered. The lukewarm Christian is not the guy who shows up on Sunday morning but can't make it to Bible study on Tuesday. Sometimes we, we base somebody, their walk with the Lord, because, well, well, that brother doesn't go to this. Well, he must not be hungry. He must not want more of God. He only comes to church on Sunday. He's only a Sunday morning Christian. That doesn't make him lukewarm. The lukewarm Christian is the guy who leads in both settings. And he convinces himself that he's a Christian. He convinces himself that he's a Christian. But Jesus comes to say to this guy, you're deceiving yourself and I will spit you out. You see, that's a hard word. And I, and I don't want you to get offended with me, but this is what the word of the Lord says. And you need to dig into what, he, what he's saying here. One of the dangers of the lukewarm church, lukewarm Christianity is this. It creates a willingness for us to quickly agree with the deception that is trying to rest upon the bride. Lukewarm Christianity will get us to agree with the things that the enemy is serving on a platter. The deception will tell us, you're good. Or we'll say, I'm good. And we're so far from good. The deception will tell us, it's okay to remain in your sinful behaviors. Listen, when I talk about deception, Deception comes from the enemy. The enemy is the devil. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he doesn't want nothing good for our lives. The deception tells us it's okay for us to continue to live in our sinful nature. And, and we know the truth. We know the truth. That when Jesus came and he died on the cross, it says all the sins of humanity were taken to the cross. For then, for now, and forevermore. 
And he said these words that, that changed the world as we know it. It is finished. It is finished. And I think that's where a lot of us stop. That word, those words, it is finished. Listen, I know this is for somebody who's listening. It is finished. It is not your permission to sin. It is not a permission granted for you to live in the character and the nature of the, of the, of the one that's coming against you, the evil one. Come on. We, 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 we get, you know, there, there's a, um, I don't want to get into all that, man. That, that would, uh, just, oof, Jesus, Holy Ghost. You know, I'm all about the Lord's grace, and I'm all about the love of the Father. I am. And I'm that guy that says, you know what? I am love, love, love. I'm, I'll speak love. I'll speak unity. I'll speak peace. I'll speak all those things. But like it says in Revelations 3, he says that, that I come and I bring correction because I love you. And that's what the Lord's doing. He's trying to wake up the bride this morning. There's an awakening that he wants to do for us to step into the promises that he has that we cannot continue to do what we're doing. It is crazy to think that we can we can have a godly result with ungodly character. Listen, many of the Christians right now, many of us, many people that are watching that that we, we live in a life where we try to justify our sin. And it's not even about sin. Listen, it's not about sin. I'm not talking about a specific sin. I'm talking about us agreeing with the belief system that the enemy is presenting towards us. Are we hot or are we cold? You see, the deception will get us to justify our actions. It's okay. And then what happens, we get into a place where we find ourselves repenting every day for the same thing like don't get me wrong i'm 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 all about re- I, I believe wholeheartedly repentance but repentance means to change to turn away to turn away <clears throat> wow jesus the lukewarm church this deception it's crippling the body right now. It's crippling the body. It's crippling the church. Can I, can I just be real? Just, yeah. Let me just be real. We have Christians who agree with the onslaught of the killing of babies. And they, they support abortion. These are Christians. These are people that they believe. They say they believe in the Lord. But, they, but they're, they're walking in agreement for people to kill babies in the womb. That's what this is about, lukewarm Christianity. It's about becoming our belief system, what it looks like. That's, we have pastors now that are coming out on television, that are openly homosexual. They're gay and they're homosexual. Now listen, 
The love of the Father leads to repentance. I, 100%. 100%. But we have to turn away from that. We have to. We have worship leaders who are living a life of homosexuality. And they're the ones leading the congregation to worship the Lord. Have we, have we become a desensitized church that we've allowed ourselves to become lukewarm to the very things that God is saying, listen, I want you hot. You're either going to be that soothing thing for the body or you're going to be cold, that refreshing drink. But you can't be the middle because I'll spew you out. That's what the Lord is saying. We have Christians that are preaching love and they're preaching unity. But all they have in their heart is anger and division. But see, that's where the deception comes. The deception says, no, you're good. You're good. We have become more consumed by debating our political stance with other Christians that we began to look just like the unbelievers. We taste warm. We're not a refreshing drink. People on social media, I wrote something on my wall the other day. People on social media, are they able to go to where you're at to get that refreshing drink? Or are they going and they're getting a fire lit inside of them? Or do you look like the very thing? The list can go on. Jesus. God's love will lead us to repentance. And this is, this is really important. His love will lead us to repentance. Repent means this, to turn away from. In the Greek, the word repentance is metano meta metanoia. It's a transformative change of the heart. It changes the heart. Especially, it means that it's a spiritual conversion that happens. It's a change of our mind. It's a change of our heart. No longer do we, do we agree. No longer do we agree. Like, we just completely change. That's how you see true repentance. That's when you see true repentance. Right? I, I, I know people, I, I know a, a, a gentleman who was dealing with a, with a homosexual, demonic spirit on his life. The guy was dressing like a female. And he was very flamboyant. He would walk around and, and he was going to be the most homosexual person you would know in the world. That was this person. And he wanted you to know it. But something happened in his life, and he encountered Jesus. And there was a heart change that happened. True repentance came in. This man now has a prophetic power, prophetic ministry. He's been married to his wife for over 20-something years now. 
when you change, there's something that changes in your heart, it changes in your mind, that you no longer agree with the sinful nature. Because when Jesus came, he said he made an exchange. There was an exchange that took place. No longer do we have the nature of the enemy, but we have God's nature. The DNA of heaven now sits upon us. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. The church, we as a church, we all have to, we have to stop playing games. We have to stop playing games. Are we hot? Are we cold? Are we one foot in? Are we one foot out? Jesus. We have to make our lives right and stop living in the gray areas. No more lukewarm Christianity. No more compromising. Compromise. Come on, I found myself living in compromise many, many, many times. And I can make up excuses on why it's a good idea to do what I'm doing. Man, that's the deception that comes over my eyes. Come on, listen. I'm lying there in a hospital bed. I had just been shot. (laughs) Thousands of dollars on the street from the product that I left out. And I'm sitting there praying to God, telling God, is it okay if I go collect my money? And I promise once I get my money off the streets, I'll change my life. I tried to compromise. Compromise. No more allowing the demonic deceptions to cover our eyes and to rob us of our heavenly inheritances. In the kingdom of heaven, we must step into what God has created for us to walk. We have to become a light and a dark place. To be a lifeline to a spiritually dying generation who are desperate to be rescued. Come on. There are people dying spiritually right now. And you and I have the answer We have the key. We can't compromise and serve two masters. Ah. Jesus. So the Lord has just been, oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm going to pray. Father, I just thank you, God. Lord, that even now, Lord, that our eyes will be open and our ears can hear what you're saying this morning, God. Lord, I come against any spirit of condemnation, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, because this is not what that is. This is not a condemning word. But, Lord, this is just something for us to reflect on, God, that we would, we would be that voice, God, 
that we would be all in, God. Jesus. So I'm going to release something prophetically that the Lord has been speaking on. We are currently in a season where the bride has been through a testing and a refining. And what looked to be a full-blown assault from the enemy, it was really a preparation for the church. The church has found ourselves being in a place of being placed in the cave. And this cave experience has allowed many to draw closer to the Father, but it's also allowed many to pull away. God has allowed us to reflect on our lives and our spiritual walks to truly see what's in our heart. He has exposed the weaknesses and he has revealed our strengths. But most importantly, what I'm seeing the Lord doing right now is he is giving us the blueprints of the enemy's schemes and plans. The Lord this day is calling forth his bride. And this is what he's saying to the bride. He's saying, bride, it's time to rise. It's time to rise. It's time to rise. Church, it's time to rise. And I saw this prophetically. I saw this where we're, we're like in a vision, and I saw a line being drawn in the sand. And when I asked the Lord what the line was, he said, it's this. He says, it's the choose ye this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. And it comes out of Joshua 24, 15, and it says, and if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the God of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord is calling us out of the caves today. You see, even with this whole thing about the COVID and what we've seen, what, what happened to the church? The church was pushed away. They were pushed in a box. You can't have service no more. You can't meet with more than five people. You can't even meet in a parking lot. There was an agenda. I'm not going to get into all that. But I'm telling you what, there was, a, there was a demonic assignment on this move. It's not about COVID-19. It's a demonic assault. But the Lord is saying, listen, it's time to come out of the caves. See, many of the church have been placed in the caves. And it's okay because the cave season was our launching season. The cave season was the launching season and he was preparing the church. Now I ask you the question, when you come out of the cave, are you coming out the same way you went in? Are you coming out dressed in the army of the Lord? Dressed for battle? 
because I heard the Lord say this, cave dwellers, it's time to come out. Cave dwellers. Those that have dwelt in the cave this season. He says, your time of running is over. Oh, come on. <laughs> Our time of running is over. Just like Elijah. He was running from Jezebel. He had to come to a place where he rested under the broom tree. First Kings 19 says this. So he arose and he ate and he drank. And he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Listen. Listen. The Lord provided him the food that he needed that took him into the cave, the mountain of God. The cave where Elijah went into, let me read it. Let me, let me. It was the mountain of God where he found his cave. Our cave moments have been ordained by God. This cave moment was ordained by God. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but now, the Lord is saying, come out. Because what God protects and prepares in private, he will use for his glory in public. Shekede bas. Come on, man. That's what I'm talking about. You see, everything that's happening in the nation, all the political parties, all the, all the attacks, all the leftist agendas, everything that's going on, God is going to use what he's going to do for his glory, and it's going to be something that people are going to see all over the world because God is in control. Hmm. The bride is stepping into a season of global reformation. And we will see God's justice in the land. Governmental structures are being shaken and the powers and principalities are being subdued. Heaven's justice is being released and the ungodly structures are being exposed. And just like Elijah, when God called him out of the cave, what did he do? When God called Elijah out of the caves, what did he do? He was sent out to anoint the kings. <laughs> Come on. He was sent out to anoint the kings. <laughs> oh, Holy Ghost. Hey, if y'all don't get this, I'm going to get it. Shake it, boss. Oh, Jesus. Ah, it says that he was sent out to anoint the kings of the land. 1 Kings 19, verse 15 says this. Then the Lord told him, go back 
the way you came. So Elijah went back the way that he came, where the enemy was looking for him. He says, go back where you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be the king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, the son of Shephat, from the town of Abel, Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Then he says this, anyone who escapes Hazael will be killed by Jehu. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? And then he says, will be killed by Jehu. And those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. <laughs> Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. You see, when he came out of the cave, God used him to anoint the kings. And when he anointed the kings, God had a heavenly structure. He had a governmental structure saying that even those that came against you, the ones he anointed, he, you, do you see that? Oh, Jesus. Cave dwellers. It's time. The church is rising. And God is preparing a bride to be used in a way that will bring reformation to our nation. Revival is here. Jesus is here. So this morning, what I want us to do Right there where you're sitting. I'm going to give us a couple hours. I want you to remember. Remember your first love. Yeah. Revelations 2, 4, and 7 says, But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. And do the works that you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans, just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the, seven saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious... I will give fruit from the tree of life and paradise of God. Remember. Remember your first love. Repent. Listen, the Lord this morning is calling for us to live in that place of repentance. The place of repentance. Let us self-examine ourselves and see if we find lukewarmness in our walk. Let's cry out to the Lord and repent. 
change the way that we think and turn all things, turn away from all things that are contrary to the Lord. It's time for us to redo. Go and do the things you used to do when you were on fire for the Lord. Come on. Come on. I, you remember when you got saved? All you wanted to do was tell people about Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I remember when I got saved and I was hanging around my, my, my gang brothers and stuff, all I wanted to do was tell them about the Lord. Like, bro, you, you got to change. And I, I, was, I, was, I was very religious and super radical about that stuff. And they were, get, get away from me, dude. Every time you come around, it's Jesus this and Jesus that. But listen, we, we can do all that, but we do it with the love of God. His love will lead to repentance. Because, see, let me tell you what. There's a dying generation that is waiting to know this Jesus. But the Christians, and I say the Christians, has misrepresented the Father's heart. They have made God to be this angry person. And they've had people living in condemnation. They've had people living in guilt and, and shame. But it said that the Holy Spirit will come and he convicts hearts. Because the Father's love will always lead to repentance. Mm. Revival. Revival is what happens when a once alive relationship is rekindled again. When we go back to that first place of love, we'll see revival. You see, the Lord's not looking for a, a well-oiled machine. He's not looking for the, per the perfect person that has uh, so many thousands of people in their church. He's not looking for any of that. He's not looking for a ministry machine and how many people you've, you've saved. And he's not looking for any of that. He just wants to know you. He just wants to meet you right there where you're at. Right now. So this morning, for those that are watching right now, we have a video that we're going to play. But even here, this, yeah, come on up here. But even for us this, this morning here, I want to give an opportunity for us. If there's been anything that you can find in yourself throughout the service that we talked about, lukewarmness, that we would pray this morning. And that we would make things right. We would make things right. Listen, maybe there's somebody watching right now that, that you know, you, you've, never, you've never experienced this, this love that I'm talking about. Maybe you've never encountered this Jesus that I'm talking about. You've only heard, you've only heard the, the misrepresentation of Jesus. I want you to know that there's a Jesus who loves you. 
And even now, even now, as the Lord, as I said, where, where the Lord is drawing a sand, a line in the sand this morning, and he's saying, to the, he's saying to the believer, he's saying to those people right now, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. If there's anybody in here today, and even those that are watching, please send us an email who would say, I don't know this Jesus the way that you're talking about. I don't know this Jesus that, that you're referring to, this God of love. I don't, I don't know. I've never encountered him. But I feel something right here. I can feel something pulling on me. Or maybe it's somebody who, who, who you've, you've been that season where you walked with the Lord but you feel you've been, you've been separated, you've been pulled away, that you've just been coasting. You've just been getting by. You've just been walking. You've become, you've become just that, that normal, everyday person. And the Lord is saying, come here, cave dwellers, come out. Cave dwellers, come out. Because the church is rising. If that's anybody in here that would say, I want you to pray for me. I want to know this Jesus that you're talking about. Would you stand? And as you stand right now, we're going to pray. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, I remember when I did that, one of the hardest things that I had to do was I had to take the steps forward. So I'm going to ask those that are standing, can you please come up here? Come on, Alice. So, Father, right now, we thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, because you're a good God. Because you're a good God. You're a good God. 